Welcome back, everybody, to another Vince August podcast. Um, I think we are up to, like, number 40 on these things. Um, took off for another week. Uh, had to go out to L.A., was doing some work out there, um, working on something big. Again, guys, I hate to be vague. Wish I could share. Can't. You're all going to have to wait on this one. Trust me. Uh, but things went very well on my L.A. trip. Um, Want to get into some topics here. Uh, a couple things in the news that are, are eating at me. Um, right away, let's get into um, one of them that's real simple with regards to toys. And I think it was Target is now changing their toy department to not reflect boys' toys and, and girls' toys. Uh, I'm going to get a little bit into the Donald Trump thing. And then I can't wait to talk about this Ashley Madison thing. I actually put something up on Facebook today, August 27, 2015, to see what exactly people are doing with the Ashley Madison. Are people checking out the websites to see if their friends are on it, not on it? And I have to tell you, the response blew my mind, man. So you, man, some of my Facebook friends really shocked me on this one. Um, but I'm, I'm going to get into that. I'm going to tie it all together with that. Uh, let's start off with, uh, the story with the toy stores that are now eliminating, um, the gender with regards to, you know, a a boy's toy section versus a a girl's toy section. Um, I, I don't have the slightest problem with this at all. Um, I, I don't understand why this was a story, uh, for the brief moment that it was a story. Um, and, and the whole notion is, you know, are, I guess, Barbies um, considered a girl toy and, I guess, guns a, a, a boy toy. Um, and what happened is, uh, I guess, Target and Walmart would um, kind of put up like a pink sign if it was a girl section and a blue sign, if it was a girl section. And now they're taking that down saying that, uh, the gender based toy marketing is going to stop again. I, I, you know, to me, a toy is a toy. And if a kid wants to play with it, so be it. And I know there are some people out there, some macho dads that, you know, their son isn't going to play with a, a Barbie doll. And, you know, there may be some other people out there that their daughter's not going to play with, um, you know, soldiers or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, you know, listen, your, your kids are going to play whatever you're going to play. The other thing about that is most kids today are playing video games. Um, I don't see kids outside getting dirty in the dirt the way we used to, um, where, you know, you played with Tonka trucks and, and really, you know, there's, there's no more of that outside playing the way we used to play. Um, so to me, you know, the gender neutrality here, when you look at video games, you have just as many girls playing, you know, Grand Theft Auto as you do boys. Um, you have as many girls playing sports video games as you do boys. I, I think I thought that was kind of a, a no brainer. I thought it was kind of a, um, you know, fine, whatever type of story. But, you know, it made some news. So good for Walmart and Target. Um, I don't have a problem with it at all. Just call it a toy store, toy section of a store, and it doesn't have to be these are the boys' toys, these are the girls' toys. The next thing that you're going to see, though, with regards to that um, might be clothes. Now, the difference why I think the clothes department is different 
is not so much because these are boys' clothes, these are girls' clothes. You know, a girl shouldn't what a girl shouldn't be able to wear a football jersey as opposed to a boy. That's not what it's about. For me, at that point, it becomes about the cut. <laughs> it's it's about the fit. It's about the comfort of the clothes, and and there you're going to have a difference. So that, you know, the skirts are in the girls' section and not in the boys' section. And, you know, it's going to be confusing. Listen, I'll tell you right now, I've walked into some, you know, the sports authorities and whatever. And there are times I'm walking in and I say to myself, I don't know what the hell section I'm in. Is this the men's? Is this the women's? Um, you know, you, you walk into certain stores and it, it could get real confusing real fast. But that's more about, you know, clothing, clothing is more about the fit and how it fits different body types or whatever. Um, but th- that takes care of the, the gender issue with regards to toy stores. And um, I don't have a problem with it. If you do, um, you know, you got to check your own femininity, masculinity, your own, you know, gender issues with regards to your kids and whether or not you feel they're going to be- become gay or whatever. That That's more of an issue with you. Um, with regards to the campaign and the, the Republican um, process right now with regards to trying to get a candidate and the primaries. Um, th- this Donald Trump thing has really been interesting. And I had a conversation the other day with a, a, a colleague who's an attorney, and I consider her very intelligent. Um, she's also extremely left-leaning. Uh, she's a registered Democrat, no doubt about it. And, and she's one of these people that has always voted Democrat. It doesn't matter who's running. I'm voting Democrat. And we had a discussion about Donald Trump. And I said out loud, um, I think Donald Trump is great for the country right now. That, that was my statement. I, I think Donald Trump is great for the country right now. I think the country needs a Donald Trump. And she literally jumped all over me, absolutely jumped all over me. How can you say that? Do, do you even know what you're talking about? And I looked at it. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, what did I say? She said, how can you say Donald Trump would be a good president? I said, I never said Donald Trump would be a good president. What I said was Donald Trump is good for the country right now. And what I mean by that is I think Donald Trump is speaking for a segment of our population, obviously, he's got overwhelming numbers, and even the Republican Party is not supporting him. So when you think about a Republican candidate whose own party is not supporting him, yet his numbers in primary running conditions right now have him far in the lead, not even in the lead, but well ahead of the nearest candidate, which I I think in most cases is Jeb Bush. That means that he's speaking for a large segment of our public. And I think the, the voice that's being heard that a lot of people are liking are a couple of things that he's saying. One, he's not a politician. And I think people are tired of politicians in general. I think people want to start seeing non-politicians get involved in politics so that we remove the politics from politics. And I am all for that. Listen, I've said it before, I'm sure on these podcasts, but I'm going to say it again. To me, Ross Perot um, 
was the guy that we needed back in 92. I was all in with Ross Perot. I was so excited over Ross Perot um, because he did just what Trump is doing to a certain degree, which is removing the politics from politics, one. Two, he removed the element of campaign contributions and buying uh, what could have become an elected official. I thought that was huge. Um, So to me... You know, those are the two things that jump out to me the most about this. Now, there's another thing that's jumping out, and that is the the thing that again, in having this conversation, that offended this 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 Democrat so much was his brashness. And she said, "I don't like that he's cocky. I don't like that he's condescending. I don't like the way he speaks to people." And I said, well, "I'm going to tell you this." I asked her. I said, "Have you ever met Donald Trump?" She goes, "No, I haven't." I said, "Well, I got to tell you, I've met him." And it's true. I met Donald Trump. I was on a commercial shoot for Oreo cookies. And it was a commercial that featured Daryl Hammond, who's a friend of mine, a comedian, worked at Saturday Night Live for many, many years. Uh, Eli Manning, who I had met before at Giants minicamp. I performed for the New York Giants after they beat the Patriots in the first Super Bowl they played together and, and wrecked their perfect season. I performed at their minicamp at Giants Stadium. At the time, it was just Giants, still Giants Stadium. I performed for them. I got to meet Eli Manning, great guy, um, and Peyton Manning. And Donald Trump was in this commercial as well. So it was the two Manning brothers, Daryl Hammond, Donald Trump. And we were in the back area where the actors hang out. And of the people I just named, Donald Trump, Daryl Hammond, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, the one who was the rudest to me was probably the guy who's most beloved, which was Peyton Manning. Completely rude. We were... You know, we had just gotten there and I walked up to Eli Manning. Of course, I said hello to Daryl for us because I know Daryl. I walked up to Eli and I said, Eli, I said, I know if you remember me. And he looks at me, he goes, yeah, he goes, I'm looking at you. And he goes, and I recognize you from somewhere. I said, yeah, I was the comedian from your mini camp. He went, oh my God. He goes, I got to introduce you to my brother. Walks me over to his brother, Peyton, and says, pay. This is the guy I was telling you about. Remember the comedian that came to our mini camp and he was ripping on all of us? This is the guy. What's your name? I said, Vince. And I put out my hand to shake Peyton Manning's hand. He turned. He looked at me and went, hey, and turned his back. And Eli waved his brother off to me, looking at me, and then waved as if to say, ah, he's being a jerk. And I went, well, listen, dude. I said, it doesn't matter. I said, I'm a Steelers fan anyway. I said, he's probably still mad that they lost to the Steelers in that playoff game. And Eli laughed. We had a chuckle, whatever. Um Peyton Manning was completely standoffish with me, snubbed me. Eli was awesome. Daryl, again, is a friend. Great. When we sat down to eat, Donald Trump was there, and I guess he had his bodyguard or wherever, his personal assistant. And I went to say hello to him, and Donald Trump could not be more cordial, could not have been nicer to me. Really couldn't have been nicer. Was a gentleman, was professional. I have to tell you, he's a very big man. He's an imposing figure, and when he walks in the room, he's got he's got an aura. He's got that thing about him. Um, I'm not necessarily a fan. I don't know that I would vote for him. Um, I didn't really get into The Apprentice, so I'm not a fan that way. I'm not starstruck by Donald Trump. Um, he's not somebody that blows me away politically, but he was a nice guy when I met him. In terms of... His politics, I really don't know what he stands for yet other than wanting to build walls on the border with Mexico 
and, and deport all the immigrants, which is impractical, you know, putting in some of those the, the things that he's talking about. I don't agree with. I agree with him on, on tax code issues. Um, I, I think his perspective, I think the fact that he's coming from a place where I'm not going to apologize if you're insulted by me, that I love. That is my favorite thing about Donald Trump. If I piss you off too bad, I'm not going to apologize. If you're offended by me too bad, if the way I talk to you and people bothers you too bad, I kind of like that about Donald Trump because I have been pounding this in, in just about every podcast over and over. We are such a oversensitized country and to have somebody who is going to try to remove the sensitivity in this country and say to people, hey, I'm sorry, everybody, you know, you got to buck up here a little bit. Enough with the sensitivity, enough with the language issues. You know what? This is who I am. I'm brash. This is the way I talk. You know what? You need to toughen up. I'm not going to soften up. I love that. And apparently so does 30% of the people in this country that are getting involved in a Republican primary. Um, it's a big number supporting him. So I think that he's really speaking to that sector of the public, which is a very quiet group. It's a, it's a group of people that are afraid to speak out because everything, you know, these people say, and listen, I'm going to throw myself. So I'm going to say, we, everything we say gets misinterpreted. It gets trampled on. I'm going to give you another example. Um, Bill Burr, who's a comedian was on Conan O'Brien and he did this bit about Caitlyn Jenner. And I saw some of the, the comments on it and listen, I've met Bill Burr. We are not friends. Bill Burr does not need my support in any way, shape or form. He doesn't need me to come to his defense at all, at all. And I don't have a relationship with Bill Burr that way. If Bill Burr walked past me, he wouldn't know who the hell I am. But a lot of people started leaving comments on what Bill Burr said on Conan and how I'm done with Conan. Who is Bill Burr anyway? People get killed for these type of comments. His comments were so benign. Were so just, he made a joke about, you know, he goes, you know, Caitlyn Jenner. He goes, you know, one day it was Bruce Jenner. The next day came out as Caitlyn Jenner. And he expected us to not have a reaction. You know, person shaves off a goatee and you come and you see their chin. And you're like, oh my God, it looks so different. He goes, but with Caitlyn, we couldn't do that. And, you know, I, you know, I used to watch him on that show and he was Bruce that my, my wife watches and he used to just walk around in the background and people were ignoring him, you know, and then all of a sudden he came out, he's Caitlyn and we got to continue the conversation like, you know, nothing happened. And it was, it was benign. It was, I, it was, a, the audience was laughing. Nobody booed from the audience and people's comments, you know, the people in the audience are just as disgusting as Conan and Bill Burr. <clears throat> hey, listen, everybody. There was a live audience there. People could have reacted negative to, negatively towards Bill Burr. You represent a segment that's offended by that. That's your right, whatever. But you know what? That it becomes, you know, I'm, I'm done with Conan. I'm done with Bill Burr. I'm done. Again, it's that overreaction. And part of, you know, everyone's talking about, you know, we have to be tolerant. Part of being tolerant is tolerating everybody. Now, you have a right to voice your opinion and say, you know what, I'm done with Conan. Yeah, that's your right. You have a right to say, you know what, I don't find Bill Burr funny and I don't find him funny now. That's, that's your right. 
but you know, tolerance goes every which way. So part of tolerance is understanding that there are some people that will never be comfortable with transgender people. You have to be tolerant of those people that they don't understand people that are going through that. They don't understand the need to go through that. There are people like that out there. Now, me personally, I think whatever Bruce Jenner had to do to make himself happy, if it was turned into Caitlyn Jenner, all the power to you. God bless you, man. I, I hope you're happy. If you were fighting demons and this got rid of those demons, God bless you. And I really mean that. Everybody has a right to be happy. And if you're happy, that's great. But as a public figure, if you think that everybody has to be tolerant of that and no one can make fun of you or no one can have an opinion of, hey, listen, man, I don't understand that. Or you know what? I'm not down with that. Then you're not being tolerant. See, that it goes both ways. You have to have tolerance every which way. You can't say you have to be tolerant of what I believe, but just because you, I disagree with you, I don't have to be tolerant of yours because yours is wrong. No, that's not what tolerance is. So this whole notion that Trump is crass and Trump is this, hey, you know what? There's a lot of crass people out there. There's a lot of people that say it the way it is. There are a lot of people that are not politically correct. And what's the problem with that? And this whole battle between Megyn Kelly and Donald Trump, first of all, is working wonders for Megyn Kelly and her numbers. So the the fact that, you know, Megyn Kelly's bothered by this. Hey, listen, it, her numbers have gone up on Fox since this whole thing happened. But let me get into this with Megyn Kelly. Megyn Kelly jumped on Donald Trump and saying, you know, you've made derogatory comments towards women. And, and Trump came back with only Rosie O'Donnell and, and an audience that was not on his side, not on his side in any way, shape or form during that that uh, debate in Ohio actually laughed and supported him in his comment. And she immediately jumped over him and said, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. And what she was talking about was comments he made on his show towards uh, one of the contestants on um uh, apprentice uh, Brandy Roderick. And it was a comment about, you know, how she got on her knees to beg, um, you know, to, to get in. He said, wow, her on her knees. He goes, I, I would have liked to seen that. And that's one of the issues that Megan Kelly had with him. Now they interviewed Brandy Roderick about it. And they said, listen, you know, how did you feel about it when Trump said it? And she said, first of all, she goes, you have to understand this is a TV show and it's entertainment. And Megyn Kelly wasn't in the room. None of you are in the room. TV shows get edited. And he said it for a laugh. And I have to tell you, I was the recipient of this alleged, you know, demeaning comment. And it didn't bother me at all. I was fine with it. But this is what we do in this country. What happens is Donald Trump makes a statement to Brandy Roderick. Brandy Roderick being a woman doesn't get insulted by it. But Megyn Kelly, who's also a woman, a woman, finds it demeaning to her as a woman in defense of Brandy Roderick. So she's going to call out Donald Trump for being demeaning towards women. Listen, no, you have to stop that. And this is a huge, huge thing in this country where people feel this need to rush and defend people as if they are defenseless. And that is a, this is a huge pet peeve with me. Okay. Don't assume that Brandy Roderick 
couldn't have come back at Donald Trump with a comeback on her own. Don't assume that Brandy Roderick needs you to defend her. Much like Rosie O'Donnell didn't need anyone to defend her in her verbal war with Donald Trump. Just like you, Megyn Kelly, don't need anyone to defend you in your battle with Donald Trump. Imagine if someone came to your aid, Megyn Kelly, and said, you know what? Megyn's not equipped to handle it, so I'm going to address this. You know, I got to tell you, Megyn Kelly is really ticking me off with this because she's got an issue with Trump coming from her Fox network, which is so far right, much like my, my colleague who was so far left, Fox was so far right that Trump is offensive to them because he doesn't represent what they really want in a candidate. So they want to try to get him out of the picture, and she's part of that machine trying to get him out of the picture. See, so Megyn Kelly goes into a debate with an agenda that is her company, that is her employer. And she said, I was just doing good journalism. First of all, you weren't a journalist in that capacity. You were a moderator for a debate. You were not there in the capacity of a journalist reporting on the event. You were there to be in an unbiased position as a moderator of a debate and ask questions that would apply to the candidates or apply across the board so that we can see their positions with regards to certain items. I I got to agree with Trump. It was a personal attack. And I don't have a problem with anything he's doing. Again, now, am I going to go run out and vote for Donald Trump? No, I'm not there. I don't like any of the candidates. I got to be honest with you. I think they all bring something to the table. And that's the problem with the politics in our country is, you know, if if we were able to bring all of these people together from their different backgrounds to actually work towards a common solution, I think we would have an unbelievable country, but because it's such a winner take all when it comes to politics that you're stuck with a candidate that has so many gaping holes in their policies, there's nothing left. I mean, right now, I got to tell you, I think Bernie Sanders is the best candidate. I really do. I I would definitely vote for Bernie Sanders over Hillary Clinton. And in in terms of the Republicans, I mean... Oh, God, not one of them really jumps out at me as being able to do it all. None of them. Um, I kind of like Scott Walker. Um, I I like the the neurosurgeon whose name I can't think of right now. Um, You know, Rand Paul doesn't exactly excite me. Jeb Bush. I mean, do I want another Bush in the White House? Is this all we have is Bushes and Clintons? My God, we're worse than England that has, you know, kings and queens and princes and princesses. You know, talk about a royal family. We, all we have is, is two families, Bush and Clinton? Really? So, I, again, I, I, I think Donald Trump is a necessary voice in this election. I hope he doesn't go away. I hope he's not just doing this for his ego. I hope he really stays in the election because I really think that people need to... The, the people that are, are, you know, against the political correctness... The people that don't want a politician in politics anymore. We need this candidate. We really do. And, and I hope Donald Trump hangs in there. Um, so that is just real quick on it. Real quick. It wound up being half of the podcast on the toy issue, the Donald Trump issue, and some of the stuff going on with regards to, again, people and their political correctness and everyone having to calm down and tolerance. Again, tolerance works for everybody. You, you got to be tolerant. You can't say you can't preach tolerance and not be tolerant of someone else. It's ridiculous. Now, 
the real thing that I wanted to cover in this podcast, Ashley Madison. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I had no idea what the hell Ashley Madison was. I really didn't know. I had no clue. Um, I had to look it up when everybody was hashtagging Ashley Madison. I'm like, what, what the hell is this? I don't know what this is. So I looked it up, and apparently Ashley Madison is a website that you could go to and meet up with people and basically have an affair. Um, that's This was the purpose of the website. You know, Twitter is send out tweets and messages and give information to people. Facebook is social media. Ashley Madison is let's go, let's hook up, let's have an affair. Um, and what had happened was a hacker got into the Ashley Madison website and database and they were able to secure a list of all of the people that ever signed up for Ashley Madison and they made the list public. Now in making the list public, what that did was it outed all of these people that were cheaters. Um, So now if, You look at your email server, Gmail, AOL, Yahoo, whatever it is, and you can go to this website, put in your email address, and this website would access every email in your account and highlight, basically, which people in your email list were on the Ashley Madison website, which infers that they were having an affair. Some of the people that were outed were people in social media, like the Duger dude who is very religious and, you know, he's part of that family with 19 kids. And I really don't know who the hell he is. Um, politicians were on the list. Some really super conservative religious people that preach about how, you know, you got to be this and you got to be that. And meanwhile, here they are. They're all over this website. Okay. Um, to me, that a hacker went into that website, Ashley Madison, to try to expose all of these people and who was having affairs. First of all, you know what? That to me is as bad as credit card theft. It's as bad as any type of identity theft you can get involved in because now you're wrecking families You're wrecking lives that you really don't know what the circumstances are in those situations. And let's just say, let me throw out an example. You have a husband and wife and they have kids. And let's say their kids are older, like teenagers. And the husband and wife having marital difficulties, they're staying together for the sake of the kids. Not necessarily a good idea, but I could tell you as an attorney who practiced divorce law, happens a lot. They're staying together for the sake of the kids, and now you expose the husband or the wife as being on this Ashley Madison site, and one of the neighbors finds out who's got kids, the same age of the kids, and it gets out in the house, and now the kids know, and now the two kids in the house whose parents are having problems, and you know what? Maybe they have an agreement. Who knows? You don't know. But now it affects the kids. Now it affects the family. And now all of a sudden, maybe this private thing has now become public. And I understand there's already been two suicides over this. 
you're you're getting involved in something that I don't care if this was for I can't imagine it being for any sort of benevolence. I can't imagine by outing these people, you were trying to do society good as if to say, oh my God, look, we need to out all of these cheaters who are in marriages pretending to be happy. And meanwhile, they're all cheating. I'm trying to understand what the goal was with regards to outing all of these people having an affair. Okay, so you... you outed all these people. Now spouses are going to find out their spouse is cheating on them. Okay, great. Now these people have marital issues. I'm going to tell you something right now. If one of the spouses was cheating on the other, they already had marital issues. All you did was make their marital issues public. Trust me. I'm going to say a vast majority of those couples already knew there were marital issues. I think very few of them a small percentage were shocked to find out what they did find out. Now, maybe there are some women and men completely living in the dark of their spouse. Maybe someone can really pull that off. But I had a conversation with a friend of mine, you know, Goomba Johnny, and we talked about cheating. And this is our analogy to cheating. A cheater is like a bank robber. You may get away with it, but eventually you're going to get caught. With regards to all of these people that are now caught, there's two ways to look at it. One, okay, you outed them all. Now they're all going to get caught. Some of them are going to have to go through divorce, are going to have to go through therapy. They're going to have to explain things to their kids. Now that their family is affected in total. Now they got to talk to their in-laws. They got to talk to their, their, you know, my stepmother, my stepfather, not step, uh, my, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law. Now you got to explain it to everybody when it wasn't everybody's problem. See, that problem was between husband, wife, and whoever was in the house. Now it's between husband, wife, mother-in-law, father-in-law, kids, brother-in-law, sister-in-law. Now it's, a, now it's everyone else's problem because you've outed all of them. So now... Their problem, which maybe they were working on, maybe they were addressing, you don't know, now becomes a family problem. Now you've really left these people who maybe could have worked towards a solution with no solution. So that's the first thing you did by hacking into this website. Here's the second thing you did, which may be a huge positive. For all of these people that were in a bad relationship that you've now exposed you may have just released this huge weight off of the quote-unquote cheater's back that, you know what, they woke up that morning and said, you know what, finally, it's out in the open. You know what, I can finally start living an honest life. You know what, honey, I'm cheating on you. It's out there. I'm on the website. Here it is. Let's, let's address the elephant in the room that's here. I haven't been happy. I'm not happy. Yes, I'm having an affair. I couldn't take it anymore. You probably just helped a percentage of these people. And you know what? To not have to live a lie anymore, I got to tell you, it, maybe it was freeing for a lot of these people. Maybe this was a really freeing thing. You may have done them a great, great service. Now there's the other part of this. And this is a part that I threw out to my Facebook friends today. And how this started was I have a friend of mine who said to me, she entered, uh, she went onto this website and she put in 
uh, an address, uh, her email address, because if you put in your email address on this website, it will actually tell you who in your email list, again, is on this Ashley Madison website. Now, people could have signed up for this Ashley Madison thing and never actually done anything with it, whatever. But basically, it, it, it outs your friends or your email contacts for being on Ashley Madison. And she went on this website and she found out who on her email list was on this website. And we had a conversation and she goes, oh, my God, we were sitting in the office, me and my partner, we were looking at this email list and we were just our, our minds were blown at people that are having an affair on their spouse and people that we know and people that we're close to. And, and we never expected in, in our lives that these people would be cheating. They seem so happy in their marriage. And I said to her, well, first of all, I said, I got a couple things with this. One, the fact that you just entered your email address on a server that has access to every one of your email contacts, you just violated every one of your email contacts privacy. You just gave us somebody with a server, all of your email contacts, including me. You, you kind of violated my trust that when I gave you my email address, I gave my email address to you. I didn't give it to you so you can put it on some server and find out if I'm having an affair or not. Now, I, I don't care. I'm not on the Ashley Madison website. So you, there was nothing to find out about me, but you basically just gave away all your email contacts to, to this internet server. I would, first of all, I would never think to put my email addresses into that website to see which one of my friends was having an affair simply because I didn't want to violate our trust to give away their email addresses to some company that I don't know what they're going to do. Now they can start spamming people and doing everything. So that's the first problem I had with that, this, which is very practical. The second problem I had with it, I said, okay, so now you know which of your friends is having an affair. What are you going to do with that information? And she said, well, I'm just, you know, now, you, now you know about your friends that you didn't. Th I said, no, no, no. What, what are you going to do with that information? So now do you look at your friend that was on that site and now make an assumption about him or her and their marriage and their character? Do you now automatically assume, you know, Bob was on Ashley Madison. Oh my God, Bob is a cheating whore. I can't believe He's having an affair. I thought he was a nice guy. Bob is such a scumbag. I can't get over this. I can't be friends with Bob again. But Bob and his business in his own house is none of your business. It's none of your business. He can do whatever he wants. And if that's a problem with you, well, then that's your problem. My question to you is, how does Bob treat you? And here's my other thing. Let's assume, and again, there is no Bob. Bob is a hypothetical person for these examples. Let's assume you have a friend, Bob. Let's say, let's say he's an accountant. And let's say he's an amazing accountant. He does your taxes every year and he saves you money. He finds ways to save you money. He's amazing at his job. You find out he's on the Ashley Madison site. It's a breach of trust. His wife is cheating on his wife. How can I ever trust Bob? Are you going to go look for another accountant now? All of a sudden, 
you know this thing about Bob and you don't trust Bob. And I can tie this all the way back to, again, the tolerance issue that I started and, and I talked about with, with Bruce Jenner and Caitlyn Jenner. What if you were friends with Bruce Jenner? He kept the secret from you his whole life. And now all of a sudden he comes out with this. Isn't that a breach of trust? What about the breach of trust between Bruce and his, his former wife? Isn't that a breach? Now do you, but, but when he turned, when Bruce turned into Caitlyn, everyone said heroic. Oh my God, superhero. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What about his wife? Why do we now look at her who's not tolerant of this? Wasn't, wasn't that a breach of trust? The point is, it's none of your business. And it's even less of your business to judge a situation you know nothing about. And I'm sorry. And listen, to the people that sent me messages you know, I checked to see if my um, ex-husband was on it. I want to see if this person's wife was on it. I wanted to see, you know, and, and you know, why did I want to find out? You know what? I just needed to know from me. And no, no, you, you, you are peering into bedroom windows. You are literally the person peering into bedroom windows and, you know, moving, trying to move and look through the blinds and see what people are doing in their homes. It's none of your business. You know, some of the comments I got on my Facebook post, by the way, were hilarious. Um, some people put, I, I don't have enough time to have sex in my own relationship. But I got to look into who else is having sex. Um, don't care about anyone else's bedroom. Trying to work on getting someone in my bedroom. Um, I mean, it's, you know, I barely have, have time to have sex. You know, I never less time to check on who else is having sex to me. I'm sorry if, if you were so voyeuristic that you had to know which of your friends is having marital issues, which of your friends is having an affair that that's, that's as, as intrusive as intrusive gets. You, you should really take a look at yourself and say, I mean, you know what? Yeah, it's none of my business. And I, I certainly can't judge the people because I, I don't know what's going on in their marriage. What if these people have open marriages and they didn't want anybody to know they have an open marriage? What if people are swingers and they didn't want anybody to know they're swingers? They're putting on the facade for the public because, again, we live in this society that is so repressed so politically correct that they say, you know what? Listen, we don't want to be judged. You know what? We want to be able to do what we want to do. We're married. We're, we're, we work well as a married couple. But when it comes to sexual relations, you know what? It's just not working anymore. It's not exciting us anymore. You know what? You do your thing. I'll do my Yeah, I'm good with that. But we work together as a couple. Our family get along. We want to raise our kids in an environment where their parents aren't divorced. So people go through all of this and now they're outed. And now they're going to be judged. Again, where's the tolerance? Where's the tolerance? And it's amazing how people use tolerance, but then turn around the first opportunity they get and judge people. It's, it's mind numbing to me. This is mind numbing. You can't ever 
preach tolerance to me and meanwhile have said I had to check my website to find out which of my friends was cheating because I need to know about their character and who I trust and who I don't trust. But meanwhile, you're going to tell me about tolerance for, you know, the gay community. You're going to tell me about tolerance for, you know, political opinions, Democrat, Republican. You're going to tell me tolerance about, you know, vegans versus meat eaters. You're going to preach to me tolerance about, you know, the, the, the race issue in this country and police versus black. So you're going to get into all of those. But the second you have an opportunity to judge somebody, you're going to jump all over it. People, if if you were putting in email addresses and you, you have to know which of your friends and is having an affair, what they're doing in their private lives, if that's of such importance to you, then then nothing is sacred. Nothing is sacred anymore. I have such a problem with this. And when it comes to sexual relations in this country, we are so repressed. We are so unbelievably repressed. There's a whole thing going on right now in, in New York, in Times Square. There are women walking around that they're having their, their uh, upper bodies spray painted um, so that they can walk around the streets topless because it's unfair in their eyes, that men can walk around shirtless, but women can't. First of all, I agree with that. I don't, I don't want to see men work, walk around shirtless. I really don't. It's disgusting. People walking around without shirts on in the summer sweating. To me, that's gross. I don't need to see that. If you're at the beach, it's one thing. You're sunbathing. You're going in and out of water, whatever. That's fine. But just out and about in public, and listen, I am not sexually, I'm not a sexually repressive person at all. I think just in hygiene purposes, it's gross. And if men can walk around shirtless, I think women should be able to work around shirtless. I don't have a problem with it. What I prefer is that everyone is clothed in a, in a way that is respectful and, you know, not... High, you know, in a way of hygiene imposing upon me. I don't want to walk down the street and bump into your sweaty, naked body. That, that's just, you know, common decency. But that I have a problem with a nude beach? No, not at all, man. Knock yourself out. Walk around naked. We have a problem with nudity in this country. We really do. Because we always equate nudity to sex. We equate anything to sex. We equate you know, again, going back to Donald Trump when he said, you know, oh, my God, blood was coming out of her eyes and, and, and wherever. And people immediately said, oh, my God, he was talking about menstruation. That's unbelievable. And Donald Trump's reaction to that was, you know what? If that's where your mind went, you're the deviant. And I got to tell you, I agree. Because when I heard the comment, I didn't think that. If your mind went there, maybe you're the deviant. See, but he didn't say, he said wherever and people immediately jumped and said, I know what you meant. This is where we've gone with political correctness. Now, it's not only the words you say that you get persecuted for, but it's your thoughts. I know what you meant, Donald Trump. Shame on you. What what did I mean? You meant her vagina. No, I didn't. I was actually going to say her nose, her ears. You thought I meant that. 
And people want to punish him for that. Again, now it's not only what you say, but it's what you think. Wow. Where are we here? So now we're going to judge people based on whether or not they're on a website for people having an affairs. You're going to now all of a sudden judge that situation. You know nothing about it. All you know is their name is on this website. Maybe they paid to look at the website and decide, ah, you know what? Screw it. I'm not going to do it. Like any person who's been in a situation where they've been hit on in a bar, they let somebody buy them a drink. They have somebody flirting with them. The person hands them a business card. And to not be rude, maybe they take the business card, then go home and rip it up. What's the difference? They logged onto the website. Maybe they paid a fee and said, you know what? I'm not going through with this. They took somebody's phone number at a bar and said, ah, you know what? I'm not calling this person. You can't just automatically judge a situation. Now, as far as all of the people coming out and trying to explain this away and apologize and you know what? Uh, I have sinned. Please accept my forgiveness. You're just as bad as the people peering into your bedroom because listen, I wasn't on it and you know, obviously my email was plugged in to see if I was on it by this friend of mine who has my email addresses. So I wasn't on it. I'm not worried about it. But had I been on it and someone said to me, oh my God, Vince August, you're having an affair. My answer would have been, you know what? What I do is none of your business. What's going on in my relationship is none of your business. So if you want to go ahead and make assumptions about me, go ahead. If your life is so empty that you're worried about my life, why don't you worry about your own bedroom? Why don't you worry about what's going on in your own four walls? And if you say, you know what? My husband wasn't on it. My wife wasn't on it. So you know what? I've looked at my four walls. They're fine. Okay. You've got the perfect marriage. You got the perfect family. Good for you. You know what? I got to tell you people, I don't know anybody out there who's got the perfect relationship. I don't know anybody out there who's got the perfect family. So, you know what? We live in an imperfect world. People cheat. It happens. Okay, but that we're going to start persecuting people over this crap and making judgments about them. Hey, listen. Ashley Madison basically happened almost 20 years ago. A little bit less than that. And it happened to a guy by the name of President Bill Clinton when he was outed by Linda Tripp. And that whole thing with Monica Lewinsky. And half the country was so offended by what Linda Tripp did and said, you know what? That's between Bill, Monica, and his wife. Wow. Here we are 20 years later. We've come a long way to now all of a sudden persecuting all these people. Back in the 90s when it happened with Bill, Monica, and, and Hillary, it was like, you know what? That's their problem. We impeached a president and half the country. It divided the country. I look back. The thing that to me divided this country between Democrats and Republicans, where this thing really got out of hand and screwy, was that. Because it was personal. It was not politics. And when they went after Bill Clinton with the Monica Lewinsky scandal, that's where the that's where the Republicans and the Democrats in this country drew a line in the sand. And that's where it became civil war. 
because it was nobody's business what Bill Clinton was doing in his marriage. And listen, was it sexual harassment in the workplace that a guy in a power position was taking advantage of an intern? Again, that's Monica Lewinsky's complaint to bring. That's up to Monica Lewinsky to bring that complaint, not for Linda Tripp and everybody else who was involved with that. I forget the, the bald white guy. I forget his name. Man, what the hell's going on in this country? We're this nosy. We're this judgmental. We talk about tolerant. We're not tolerant. We're the most judgmental babies in the world from what I could see. Crazy. Absolutely nuts. Well, listen, this is the podcast for August 27, 2015. Uh, I think this is episode 36. I'm not up to 40. I don't know what the hell I was talking about when I started this podcast. I was so worked up about getting to this Ashley Madison thing that I, I was crazy for a minute. Um, thank you for listening, everybody. Sorry I was off for there about a week, but I was out in L.A. getting some things done. I hope I have some big news to share with you soon. I hate being vague in my Facebook posts and all the stuff on Instagram and Twitter and Hopefully, there will be something to announce. Hopefully, it will be in Variety or something really cool like that. Everyone, please spread the word. Vince August Podcast. Thank you.